Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined uh, on a, for an early morning taping of the Netfront Presence by Jim Thomas of the Post-Dispatch and Tom Timmerman, our beat reporters. JT's got his mug of coffee. I've got my mug of coffee, so uh, we're ready to go. Uh, as we record this ahead of the Thursday game against the Coyotes. Guys, first up, uh, big honor for Doug Armstrong. And, uh, you know, JT, uh, a fair amount of pressure. You're, you're being the manager of the uh, Olympic team for a country that believes hockey it's, is its, you know, lifeblood. Is, it's, it's what makes Canadians go. And Doug, Doug Armstrong, well-respected man in the business and a big honor for him. Yeah, Tom and I were, were talking about it yesterday when the news came out. It's it's, a, it's pretty much a no-win situation. If you win the gold, it's, yeah, okay, well, you're Canada. That's what you're supposed to do. And, and if you lose, it's like, what happened? You know, even even uh, Doug Armstrong yesterday said he could basically, yeah, we could we could probably field two pretty good teams, you know, if uh, th- th- there's enough to choose from. And, and uh uh, but what, yeah, what a great honor! It reflects well on on St. Louis, as, as Doug Armstrong said. He's, you know, you 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 have to have some achievement in your career to to to, to do something like that. And I I, I believe his quote was, uh, he's kind of got this honor on the backs of uh, a lot of Blues players over the last decade. So so good for Doug, and uh, hopefully the players hope they'll 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 be allowed to the nhl players will be allowed to participate in in the olympics in 2022 yeah talk about a, a potential for second guessing i mean there are just so many canadian hockey players that if you don't win everyone can say well it's because you didn't take this guy you didn't take that guy you know there are, you know the united states you know can put together a good team but there's a, a reasonably finite number of people to deal with but uh not in canada with a seemingly infinite supply of uh of players and and just naming the roster. I mean, I could probably put together a, ro- a Canadian roster that would have a pretty good chance of winning. But um, you know, there's just so much to choose from. If you don't get it right and something doesn't work, boy, you hear about it until the end of time. Yeah, and, and JT to that point, one of the tasks for Doug and the others uh, as they assemble this team, and we saw it before when you tried to put, let's say. Why is Jay Bomeister playing an international play? Well, if he could play next to Alex Petrangelo, there's chemistry. You're looking at left and right. You're looking at role playing too. And so it's not just an all-star team, JT. You know, the challenge, especially again, Canada has to win. You're trying to put together a, a team that can do a little bit of everything, not just go out there yeah. with four all-star lines. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and uh, to that point, uh, uh, Doug Armstrong said, "Hey, you're not putting together an all-star team. You've got to you got to put together a team with some chemistry and a team can, that can compete at the highest level. But uh, you know, as you guys both point to picking, you know, picking this team and whoever you leave out. Uh, I think one of the projections is, uh, uh, and uh, you know, they, they, there's probably as many projections of the Team Canada roster as there are." projections of the Cardinals lineup now, you know, with the Arenado in the fold. But uh, I think Ryan O'Reilly was the fourth line center, fourth line center, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, you know, I'd see him, see him out there mucking it up for, uh, you know, nine and a half minutes a game or something. That's, that's, that's the kind of talent they have. It is. It's, it is. A, and also a, a lot of coaches to choose among as to who, uh, who directs that team. And that, that in some ways may be as, um, as big a selection big when army gets picked and then who he picks uh, to be the coach, because uh, that then becomes 
possibly even more so than the GM. If things don't go right, it'll be, <laughs> did this person not implement uh, the lineup uh, correctly? So that'll be a, uh, so that'll be a choice. And it's not going to be Mike Babcock again. As the, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> of the Olympic team. Probably not uh, Torts either. Tortorella, I mean, he's, God bless him, but um, <laughs> I think, I'm not sure he's got too many friends among the players. Um, now on to the Blues. Uh, happy topics abound for a team that uh, has put together a nice winning streak. The, uh, I guess first up for me is the uh, positive response that Vince Dunn had to uh, not only uh, getting a scratch for a game, but, you know, given the team's circumstances, and it's been a familiar topic on the net front and in our live chats, uh, a lot of speculation about Vince and his future, even this season. Uh, boy, what a response. What, what a sign of maturity for Vince Dunn to respond the way he did. Yeah, uh, it sure did. And he, he sandwiches goals in two games around uh, uh, 21 and a half minutes of playing time, which was his, uh, his, his most playing time in, in, in almost a full, uh, full calendar year. Granted, a lot of downtime in there uh, because of the pandemic, but, but still, yeah, he's responded, uh, uh, very well. And, you know, who, who knows? I mean, it's only a few games, but, uh, you know, we, we spoke last week when this happened, that, that a similar thing happened to Perron in, in Baruby's, uh, first year ta- taking over the, the Stanley cup year. Perron was benched for one game. Remember he was taking a lot of stupid, uh, uh, offensive zone uh, penalties at the time. Some may say he still takes some stupid <laughs> But anyway, uh, he really responded and just had a whale of a year, even though he missed some concussion time. So good, good for Vince Dunn. It's a, it's a very deep defensive core, but as I pointed out in the blues chat, maybe not as, as, as deep as you think. Uh, Tom and I hate to to kind of keep bringing up Carl Gunnarsson on the chats, but uh, he's a guy that probably won't be back next year. I mean, what is he in his mid thirties and, and uh, his contracts up and, uh, you probably stand a pretty good chance of losing a blues player. Let's not forget about the expansion draft. I mean, about blues defensemen, excuse me, in the expansion draft, because uh, there, there's, they can, there's two plans and they, they can only protect three or four. And if they choose to protect four by the way, the rules are set up, they get to protect less overall players. So I, I, I think going into it, Doug Armstrong wants to protect only three defensemen and, and, and who are those three defensemen? Anyway, the overall point, they may be down a couple defensemen that are on the roster by the time next season starts. So uh, I wouldn't be so, wouldn't be so great. Some fans still want to dump Vince Dunn, but I, I, I wouldn't be so eager to, to, to necessarily do that right, right now or uh, even in the near future. Yeah, we once again see the magic of the healthy scratch. It's uh, you can sit a guy during, during a game and get him less ice time, but uh, nothing seems to be more effective than, uh, nope, you'll be watching this game uh, from up top to, uh, to send a message uh, to improve a guy's play. Though, um, as Vince said, uh, when we talked to him after the last game, um, I, I didn't think I was playing that poorly. Um, so um, They never do, no. Yeah. <laughs> Vince Dunn does not lack for confidence. That is what I, that's, that's the one thing of, of Vince. He, he generally thinks he's, doing a good job out there. He, he has his strong feelings. And speaking of good jobs, uh, and again, maybe a, a bit of a surprise, uh, back when the, uh, the Blues brought in uh, Tory Krug with their blockbuster signing that uh, was you know, stunning at the time, uh, since it was just like two minutes after Petrangelo 
hit the agency. Um, you know, Tori said that, hey, I've played with Justin Falk, and I mocked that concept here on the net front. Like, yeah, like those two could never play together. Like, that would never work. And, guys, it, it appears to be working. Yeah, yeah. They, they've, they've done uh, very well together, those, those two former team uh, USA guys. And, uh, you know, Falk's play has been uh, – it's almost like I, – I think we mentioned this before. He's almost reinvented himself. Krug is – I mean, he's been okay, maybe a little better than okay. I think his points total will, will increase once the, uh, uh, once the, uh, the, the power play uh, uh, gets going. And they, they showed some signs until uh, – the other night they were they were uh, they were zero for five, but uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like this may not be quite the defense we're, we're used to seeing, even though they've they've played well. But uh, right now they're they're scoring enough goals where 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 it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I still think they're they're still working on their identity. I don't think Craig Berube was too happy after Tuesday's game. I don't know exactly why he didn't stick around long enough. This has now become a running joke. You can set the egg timer after five minutes. Craig Berube's getting up and leaving the press conference no matter what. But I I don't think he was too happy with the way the the game closed out. We know he wasn't happy about the first uh, 10 minutes of of play. But, uh, uh, yeah, the the top four looks good. Uh, Mikola has been a – uh, revelation uh, on, on the third pairing. And uh, I, I don't know when Bortuzzo is going to get back in the lineup. They may have to lose a, a, a game or two because uh, Craig Berube's not, he's not going to change his lineup uh, while they're winning games unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah. I was looking at the, at the numbers uh, on, on the Krug Falk pairing and um, uh, they're, they're generating about, they're generating more shots uh, out there than, than the previous, than when Krug was with, uh, Pareko. They're also giving up more shots, but um, uh, but it's definitely been been a more productive offensively uh, combination. Uh, the question is going to be, you know, how does that Scandella Pareko pairing uh, work to, to to make this happen? Can that be the? Is that the shutdown pairing? And there's every reason to think it should be a shutdown pairing. Um, Pareko has seemed a little off the game um, here in the early going and. Uh, so they, they got to you know bring that along, get him back up to full speed. Um, I'm not exactly sure you know if, if there is an issue there or what, but uh, um, maybe not quite the level we've seen of uh, of Colton in the past. And uh, before we move on to uh, my uh, my uh, pet peeve of the of the week, uh, do want to explore the, the Nico mania a bit? It does seem like the Blues fans are uh, are again coming on board with this and. Man, he's just playing with so much confidence. And even in the offensive zone, he's not known as an offensive player, but he's willing to go in and use his size to uh, sustain pressure, go to the front of the net even. And, uh, you know, he just seems very comfortable uh, all over the ice. And, uh, you know, and, and what a, for if you want to know how do you keep relevant and how do you keep going and how do you keep your competitive window open, it's by developing guys like this to come along and who can plug in and do and be exactly the sort of player that your head coach likes. Yeah. He wasn't a, uh, I, I forgot what round he was drafted. I want to say maybe fifth round, but he, it wasn't like he was a, t- a top round draft pick. And uh, uh, he'd very comfortable on the, uh, on the uh, penalty kill. I, I, you know, the, the penalty kill we, we've all talked about, we've, we've written about how they've, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of veterans uh, from, from, last year's team that were really good penalty killers, you know, people like Petro and Steen and Bo Meester 
but uh, Mikola really seems to excel there. He's got the long stick. He, he seems pretty adept at uh, breaking up plays uh, uh, that way. Uh, what we've got to remember, though, he's, you know, again, he's no kid. It's not like he's some young phenom. He's 25 years old. To put it in perspective, he's, uh, he's a year older than uh, Vince Dunn, who's been in the league for four years now. And, uh, uh, he, you know, Mikola played, uh, I don't know, two, three years of uh, pro uh, uh Pro hockey in, in Finland's uh, top league, where uh, uh, Nikita Alexandrov, uh, Blues' top uh, pick from a couple of years ago, is, is is playing right now. So he he's got some seasoning for a guy who's a rookie, and uh, it shows. I mean, he, he he seems like he belongs, and nothing seems to phase him. And and uh, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been good to watch. Yeah, it's been a uh, you know. He hasn't made an offensive contribution, but um, I think teams are about 5% below the league average when he's on the ice. Um, but what one of the telling things, the Blues have had a bunch of five-on-threes they've had to kill this year. And when they have a five-on-three that they've had to go, Mikula is always one of the guys that they're putting on the ice. So, um, you know, that shows a level of trust and it shows a level of arm length uh, that they like on having to kill five-on-threes, one of the skills required. But uh, they have trust in him. And while he's on third pairing and he's the guy that they're most likely to double shift out uh, when needed, um, he's, he's, a, he's a guy who pretty soon we're going to be seeing uh, all the time in, in more important roles. And speaking of guys who aren't exactly kids, but uh, a guy that has lacked that sort of experience on the international stage, we got to talk about the backup goaltender. <laughs> you know, here on the net front, I, uh, I, I would repeat every episode that we have no evidence that Billy Huso can play goal in the National Hockey League. Jim Thomas, now we have evidence that he can play in the NHL, which is kind of important, kind of a th- big, th- kind of a big deal. Ville the kid, some fans are calling him. Uh, again, not exactly a kid, uh, uh, a, a long route. Uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe as long as and unpredictable almost as uh, uh, Jordan Bennington, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Blues, uh, to our knowledge, never asked to send him down to the ECHL. But yeah, and uh, he needs to work apparently on his postgame uh, interview, uh, uh, you know, uh, some some expletives uh, uh, he, he uttered on uh, live uh, TV, apparently uh, in the postgame interview. But uh yeah, and, and, and that game, that first period of that game Sunday in Anaheim, uh, he kept them in the game. I mean, the, the Blues were flat. They were they were sluggish. And uh, he just, after giving up that early power play goal, I, I think we're all in the Gardo household. You're, you probably got the, the hands over the head. Oh, my God. You know, what were they? They were like a nanosecond into the into the power play, and they, and they had it in the, the Ducks, the low-scoring Ducks, who are averaging like 1.6 goals a game. Uh, had it in the net, but uh, he made some some huge saves and uh, none bigger. Now, it wasn't in the first period, but on Ag- Ag- Agazino, who uh, as uh, uh, Tom, uh, only Tom Timmerman would ferret this out, was a former teammate of uh, of him uh, back in uh, in San Antonio. Just a tremendous uh, uh, save on what I, I, I started to, to write down the time of the goal, uh, watching it live. And then I, I look up and the play is continuing, you know, uh, so uh uh, yeah, that uh, that was great to see. There, there are enough uh, uh, back-to-backs left that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have to play some more games unless you want to wear Jordan Biddington down to a uh, 
nub. And then uh, as I wrote uh, in the game story that night, you, any points you get out of him are, are money in the bank, you know, because Bennington simply can't play every game. You know, this is probably speaks to that. I've seen too many blues preseason games, but I've seen Ville Husso have some great games. Um, you know, some of them were done in, uh, in Columbus because in the preseason you want to, you know, you, you don't, uh, blues always seem to have a game in Columbus where they don't want to take many players who are going to figure in the team. And so Ville Husso always seems to be going off to those. Um, so, I mean, he can do it, you know, uh, he just needs, uh, I think to get a few under his belt approved to himself and to, uh, the uh, blues fan base that, uh, that this is doable. But, um, I think, I mean, I've, I think Ville Husso can, can do it. And it's not like when they, uh, the blues had Chad Johnson, you know, they, you know, they've had backup goalies who have been, you know, I don't know, not to say anything bad about Chad Johnson, because he was a great guy, but you know, oh, that's all right. Back- you can say, you can say bad things about Chad. No, we love Chad. Uh, yeah. Chad also was a Saskatchewan. He was born in Saskatchewan though. He didn't grow up there or born, yeah. anyway, uh, I, I digress. But, um, you know, there are different kinds, and, and Chad Johnson's future was behind him. But I think Billy Husso does have uh, a future uh, one way or the other. Yeah, okay, Chad Johnson uh, was always open, as I wipe a tear <laughs> from my eye, the nostalgia of the open locker room. Chad was always there if he needed a quotation. All right, so I got to go on to my pet peeve here. Okay, so here's the thing. You're, you're in a six-on-five situation. And you have decided that your strategy defending six on five is to put five guys within arm's reach of each other, where everybody could touch at least one teammate by reaching out and extending one of the you know, left or right arm. Everybody was within arm's length. Now, I guess the strategy was if we put five guys in a huddle in the middle of the ice, that it would be very difficult to actually get a puck through this crowd, sort of like trying to shoot a puck through Grand Central Station uh, during non-pandemic uh, rush hours. Uh, interesting strategy, uh, but I'm not sure that I, I'm, I'm buying in, JT. I, I just, I, I could you pack, if, you know, they could have had uh, eight guys trying to defend <laughs> six, and it would have just done the same thing. It was just, what what is with these guys just packing it in? You know, and it's, I think it's a, that's kind of the same problem on, on the PK, on the penalty kill, they, oh, and, they only have four to be at arm's length with each other. Uh, and, and you see other teams uh, on the PK, they're, they're out there on the, uh, on the blues, on the point man, on, on the wings. And it just seems uh, too much of a uh, passive approach. And boy, it was fortunate. I think the blues were fortunate that they, that, that one didn't go into overtime because it seemed like just a matter of time before uh uh, Arizona was going to put the puck in the, in, in, in the back of the net, just the way they were, they were whipping that, uh, that puck around. Not, not even, uh, uh, did they have even one attempt that looked even halfway close to, to, to being down towards the net for an empty net. Yeah. That, that, and I, and I think, and again, I, I wanted to ask, uh, chief about closing out games, but he was, uh, <laughs> the egg timer was up and he was boom before actually Tom and I were both trying to ask a question at the same time when he, uh, uh, when he bolted. So, uh, you know, maybe that's a case where they still miss Steen. Steen was one of the last best things that Alexander Steen did as his skills were deteriorating and his, 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 his back was, uh, causing him more and more problems. He was a closer. He, he would always be out there in those end of game situations. And, 
the Blues haven't had a whole lot of those. So, some of their wins, they've had big leads where the team didn't pull the goalie, but uh, whew, that, that was that was close the other night. Uh, you know, the penalty kill, in, 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 a, in a way, it's a penalty kill because you're a man down. Um, but, yeah, and that struggle, you know, the Blues have had to kill five, count them five, five on threes so far this season. They've played 10 games, an average of every other game they've had for various lengths of time, a two-man disadvantage that they've had to deal with. And um, you can make a case that, that some of those penalties may not have been great, but um, when when five times you've been down a man and committed another penalty, uh, that you know speaks to that the power that the penalty kill maybe isn't doing the things it needs to be doing. The guys are finding themselves out of position and grabbing. Uh, and, and doing things like that. So that's, uh, I think, one of those things that's still on the uh, on the cleanup list uh, for this crew. Now, I, I know the Chief will, will have a good comeback to this strategy because they did win a – you can point to the fact they did win a Stanley Cup uh, playing uh, the way they did. But I guess the argument that I have is that, the, you know, again, we pointed out before on the net front, you just don't have the same personnel. You know, you mentioned Steen. You don't have Petro. You don't have Bo Meester. Uh, you don't have the same guys who – uh, and in that box, and as a result, you know, and now I, you're vulnerable. And I, I just see guys, teams teeing off and just blasting shots, and guys are going to get hurt playing this way. I, I, you know, I, and because they're not always in the best shot blocking position, you know, some guys are really good at it, like Bortuzzo, but man, I don't know. I mean, again, they want a cup playing a certain way, but they don't have the same guys. I mean, I'm, Am I going to have to let this go or just let go of this angst? You know what? I, I think you ought to go out just to run, run a couple of hills. Think back of those days All when right. you were with your right. wife and just get the energy, burn some energy off. And uh, I, I, I'm of all the, uh, of all the things on the net front, I'm, I'm still pretty amazed at that re- uh, revelation last week about uh, how you're trying I, to get your wife. I swear what I what else did you do besides run hills? Anything else? Did you buy her uh, flowers? Right. Poetry. Well, what I did is, as far as the conditioning goes, it was not only running hills, but it was playing basketball twice a day, and and only eating one meal. So yeah, wow. yeah. I was I, I, actually, I, Jim. I thought back. I got down to one seventy three. Holy smokes! Yeah, that was by playing weight for like a week, and then yeah. after that, what the hell? But you know, and it's been worth it every minute, right? Of <laughs> course, a lot of cheeseburgers. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, we were talking about the uh, yeah no that it 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 is kind of uh, it is kind of aggravating and they don't have those I used to call them like cookie cutters like they had some secret factory where they were they were they were producing a six foot four two hundred and fifteen two hundred twenty pound defenseman with hellaciously long uh, reaches what did uh, was it Baruby said they were like the those big foam rubble rubber noodles in the uh, in the car wash machine that they they would just slap pucks away and they they don't have as many of them. Mikola is from that cookie cutter, but I think the cookie cutter is is broken, or they they sold it or something. That's he's like the last one that they they have of that because they uh, they got a bunch of little guys, uh, 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 you know, per- Perunovic, uh, Krug, uh, you know, uh, Wallman's got a, a little bit of size, but he's he's, he's not six foot five or anything. So uh, uh, yeah, it is it is different personnel. Uh, and and uh, Bortuzzo and Sunquist. How many times have you seen Sunquist like kind of limp off the ice as he's blocked mm-hmm. a shot? Bortuzzo's done it too. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, those guys won't last long if they're if they're pin cushions for 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 an entire season. 
though we can say on the defensive side, they, they can still score goals. You know, at this early stage, you get Vince Dunn's got three, Justin Falk's got three. Uh, that puts them like tied for third uh, in the NHL among defensemen for goals. Uh, you know, the Blues, I think it's eight defensemen goals they have, they, and they still haven't gotten one from, from Colton Pareko. Um, so, um, you know, this has the potential to uh, continue to be a unit that uh, generates offenses and, uh, and amasses bruises at the same time. All right, another happy topic, guys. Uh, 91 back on skates. Uh, we have to, you know, cool down everybody because this is a process and it's going to take uh, Vladimir Tarasenko quite a bit of time to get into hockey shape. And, and really, we don't know what we're going to see when he when he tries to play again. But but a positive note and, and good for, for Vladdy because I can't imagine all the rehab this guy's had to do. Psychologically, this, this, is, this had to have been just a brutal challenge for him. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, kind of our most in, uh, in-depth uh, update yet from, uh, from Doug Armstrong. And he, he basically said that, you know, he's skating, but the shoulder's not a hundred percent, but it's progress. He's, he's doing some things, but uh, you know, he also said a couple of times, he's not close to coming back. He's a ways away. Uh, so I, I, I believe he said several weeks. So I don't think we're going to see him in February, uh, but, once February comes and goes, I, I, I guess uh, uh, then the Vladdy watch uh, really starts, which brings the related question, what do you do with him when he's back? Where do you put him on, on, on what line and, and, and who gets dropped down? But uh, uh, it, it is good to see that uh, Vlad, Vladdy's getting close. You're right, Jeff. It, it just seems like forever since he's played, although you know we did have him briefly in the, in the bubble up in Edmonton. Yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah, in March, you know, March is, is weird to think. If they get him in March, they've still got him for half the season. Um, but it's going to be a question, you know, at what percentage is he? He's He may be 100% fitness, but he's not going to be 100% hockey. Um, so he may be at 60, 70% of his game, which is still a good thing to have. But um, what are you going to do? But this is already a team that's got Mike Hoffman on the third line. So, um, you know, it's it's – you know, you think Zach Sanford's spot is is in doubt there, but uh, it'll trickle down through the lineup. But this is already a team that's got uh, offensive pieces and pretty good ones uh, far down on the lineup. All right. The last topic on the net front presence so the boys can get back out to the rink uh, and we can uh, see what uh, develops today. The pandemic, it is not, apparently it's not gone away, JT, as we look, every time you, you refresh your browser, it seems like <laughs> another team has uh, developed a problem. And guys, you starting to get the feeling that getting this season done is, uh, is going to look maybe even worse than what happened in baseball. I mean, in terms of the number of teams being infected, because it's just all, all efforts appear to be failing. Yeah, uh, a Blues notwithstanding, <clears throat> who've, who've uh, ha- haven't had one player miss one practice, even in, in, in training camp for uh, 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 a COVID-related issues. And the Blues have been just all, that COVID's been kind of all around <clears throat> the Blues and in terms of teams they were playing or supposed to play or rescheduled games. But uh, I know one thing, uh, guys, it's, uh, this isn't going to be a, a playoff if we get this far. Uh, a, a playoff picture that's decided uh, by points. It, it's going to be points percentage because I mean, uh, it's looking clearer, clearer. A lot, of, a lot of teams are not going to going to make it to fifty six games. 
Yeah, the Blues are the only American-based team so far that has not had a player go on the COVID protocol list. Uh, there's been like, four Canadian teams, and the Blues are the only ones not to have lost a player so far. Uh, that could be fate or luck as much as anything. Um, but you look, you know, the, the Blues lost a game uh, against Minnesota on their upcoming trip last night that was postponed. And when you look at where they were able to reschedule it, it they haven't rescheduled it yet, but there, there's a common date in, uh, I think in March where they could, where they could put it. But the thing is that now your, your windows are for rescheduling games are closing quickly. Um, unless they were to extend the season somehow, which we know is going to be really hard to do. So it's, it's going to be tough. And it's not like in college basketball where you can say, well, this team and this team both have had games canceled. We'll play them against each other uh, this weekend, you know, to open up dates. I, that's going to be tough to do with a divisional, uh, you know, with a divisional component. You would need to have, you know, two teams, you know, both have their opponents be out at the same time. So it's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. You know, and right now the Blues have been able to, you know, still look like they could get to 56, but, you know, Minnesota is going to have to make up four. Uh, somewhere down the line, it's it's going to be tricky. Um, you know, they have gaps built into schedules to try to accommodate these things, but uh, those gaps are getting are going to get filled in pretty quick. And then when the next round happens, what do you do with those games? So it's it's going to be it's going to be tricky. It's an indoor game. I mean, that's ultimately I think the challenge on this is that you know you're you're playing in a building, you're having meetings in more confined areas than you can do. Uh, that you could do in baseball or in the NFL, for that matter, just tougher because you are ultimately indoors and they it's, they can't play that many outdoor games to make this go away. On that note, that's Tom Timmerman. We've had Jim Thomas on board. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the Netfront Presence. A reminder, you can check out this podcast, all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Also, uh, you can find the Netfront on your favorite podcast app. Uh, until next time, For Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See you.